0: Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at the church at Bushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting the church at slash give.
1: So good to see you. I want to welcome you to the house today. I want to say to our online church, uh, welcome. Thank you for being with us online. Uh, you're your in-house family loves our online family. I can tell you that. So thank you for being with us. So yesterday, I mean, uh, last Sunday, I jumped into a uh, first part of a series called Enlarge My Tent. Enlarge My Tent. I wanna kind of wrap that up this week uh, with the second part of that. I want you to listen to God's word. John chapter 10, verse three says this. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. John ten fourteen says this, I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Oh, those are good words. I know my sheep. I know my sheep, and they know me. I know my sheep by name. I call them, they follow me. I don't know if you're like me. I, I'm crazy about my mom. It's because she gave me the name Jeffrey. I'm like, Jeffrey? Mm, she could have stopped at Jeff y'all got one of them names you have to explain or like, you know, first day of school and call the row. Uh, Jeffrey, I'm like, everybody's like, Jeffrey? I'm like, Jeff will be fine. That's plenty. All right. Jeff. All right. I was growing up, play outside. You know, you got the rule kind of different today, but back when I was a kid, like in the summer, 930, I mean, bright as it can be, all you had to do is come in before dark. Summers were awesome. I mean, like 10 o'clock, I'm still outside. This is great. All right? but, it, but all she had to say was Jeff. Now, here's the problem. If she ever got to Jeffrey, you're going to wish you have come at Jeff. Now, don't make me go to Jeffrey Wayne, because at Jeffrey Wayne, you can wish you hadn't been born, boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, so names are important, but, but, but here's the great. Great part about our name. That little Jeffrey, when he was 10, at First Baptist Church in Athens, Texas, mm, heard Jesus call his name. And I called out the greatest name, that above every other name, they all pale, but at the name of Jesus' salvation. And I called out Jeffrey, Wayne called out to Jesus to save me. I admitted that I was a sinner and I believed that he died on a cross for me and I confessed his name. That if you confess your, you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, you shall be saved. For everyone, everyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God so loved the world, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever. And at that moment, I became a whosoever, baby. We got problems in this world. I do, we do. And we don't, <laughs> we got a whosoever problem. Jesus said, I want relationship with my people. That's what we're really fighting we don't know who we are. We don't know whose we are. We're a bunch of whosoevers. and we don't have a race problem. We have a human race problem. He died for the human race, so the human race could have a relationship with a risen king, and he would call their name, and they would know that name. You got a bunch of people today running around like they don't even know their name. Let me tell you, he knows their name, and he's calling their name for salvation. John 3.17, it's a great encounter with a man named Nicodemus. John 3.17, I mean, 3.7 says this, you should not be surprised by my saying, this is what Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again. See, Nicodemus was a man of statue. He was a man of high reputation. I'm gonna tell you, Nicodemus dressed well. He sat at the table with some pretty, you know, pretty good hombres. He was well thought of. But Nicodemus was an empty man and a hollow man. And he knew Jesus was different and he wanted what Jesus had for him. And he goes to Jesus at night. That's where we get Nick at night. Just telling you, (laughs) scripture. Y'all thought, no, Jesus beat them to that. Don't worry, man. Jesus got there way before Nick at night ever got there. they like, that's the second part of Nick at night. Nick at night is when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to him at night. He didn't want nobody to see him. You see, listen to me, church. You can dress good, you can get a good title, you can earn a really good salary, and you can be welcomed at some fine tables. But see, the table of the Lord got a seat for you too it's got a name plate called jeffrey wayne or whatever your name is but the only way you get to that table my friend is through jesus your dress your wardrobe your style your statue your salary it did not get to that table it doesn't get to that table it doesn't does he jesus know your name Does he know your name? Romans 8, 16 says this, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Mm. People say, well, pastor, I don't don't know for sure that I'm, I'm saved and I'm born again. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. They're in a lost man today that doesn't know he's lost. And there's not a born again man today, a woman that doesn't know they're born again. Because you can just ask Jesus, do you know my name? And he will echo back, I know your name. You know, I know your name. You know, I know your name. See, we grow up in a world that trains us like little hamsters on a wheel. That if we do enough things right and we do what everybody else does, and if 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 you do what a religion says that that you're gonna have, you're gonna you're gonna die one day, and, and because you did all those things right on that wheel, you're gonna earn heaven. Jesus said, Nobody earns heaven. Heaven is a gift from me sent to you because my son bore, bore your name on a cross called Calvary. My own father did a lot of good things, he took us on mission trips. He went on mission trips. He took us to church. He dressed us really good and our church clothes slicked our hair over really tight and right. We set up tall in church and we said, yes, ma'am and no, sir. He taught us how to tie with little envelopes that had two quarters in them. We used to draw circles around them with the pencils in the pew, put little smiling faces, give those deacons a gift when they got it. And I can tell you, my friend, My dad taught me a lot of good things, taught me how to go to church, taught me how to tithe, but my dad did every bit of that teaching as a lost man. So you can go to McDonald's if you want to, but going to McDonald's doesn't make you a French fry, and going to church doesn't make you a Christian. You can't do things to get that. It's a free gift. On a concrete floor in a jail cell, when he's 48 years old, my dad got saved, born again. Got up a different man. I was a sophomore in college. Look back sometimes, wish I'd have known that dad. Here's a question two words you hear a lot today called evidence and the lack of evidence, plastered all over the TV today. Big questions. Big questions. Let me ask you this. If you're born again today and you say you're born again, is there evidence that supports that? You say, well, I think so, preacher. If you're listening to me online, wherever you find yourself, if you say, yes, I'm born again, is there evidence that would justify that, prove that? If you're married and you wonder, ask your spouse. At any time, at any time, if my dad would have asked my mother, she would have said there's no evidence. He said, how do you know that? Because my mom cried to me and told me. You see, today, if you're born again, there's evidence that you're born again. If you're not born again, there's just as much evidence and lack thereof evidence that you're not born again. I promise you. There's a story in John chapter nine, verse twenty-five. The whole chapter is this encounter with this man. We know him as the blind man. They're arguing about when this happened. Are you the sinner, or is your parent sinner? Who's a sinner here because you're born blind? And did this happen on the Sabbath? Or did it happen here? Or did it happen there? Or were you at McDonald's? Or were you at Taco Bell? Where were you? And all this junk's going on. And right in the middle of it, in verse 25, the blind man says, he's going to speak. And here's what he says. I don't know about all that other stuff, but one thing I do know, I was once blind but now I see. <laughs> End of question. Evidence. I ran in the trees and now I miss them. <laughs> That's just I mean like do you have you don't ask but I that I think that dude can see. Yeah, he can see. Because when Jesus touches you, he makes you new. The old is gone and the new is come. And listen, you don't have to wonder if you're born again. Born again, things look different. They act different. They speak different. They eat different. They walk different. Listen to me. Blind man never struggled from that point on. What he struggled with was all the religious people that ask a whole bunch of religious questions. Then he said, I don't care about all this religious stuff, and I'm done with religious questions. And I can't fill in all your blanks. But I can tell you this. I was born blind and now I see, and I met a name man, Jesus, and that's the only blank I need. He made me different, changed me. How about you? Listen to me. You get on that religious wheel, it'll wear you flap out, and you won't go nowhere. I love church. I just don't love religion. Religion has hurt a lot of people and confused a lot of people. There's a world out there of people that are fighting religion. I can't tell you how many college kids came up to me during my time and said, I, was, I grew up in church. I was raised in church, but now I don't want nothing to do with church or God or anything. I don't even think there is a God. I'm like, you messed up, man. Because they're so confused over all the stuff they saw in religion that wasn't God. I ain't talking about religion, I'm talking about relationship. I'm talking about being born again, a new creation. You were once blind, living in a fog, confused, frustrated, and now you see. How about you today? You still running in the trees? Or are you missing them? A couple other words you hear a lot on the news today. In possession of, or under control of. In possession of, or under the control of. They're different. They're much different. If you get charged with one of those, you better hope you get charged with one of them other than the other one. Your time will be different. Your fine will be different. Let's look at them. In possession of, Possession is about having possession of something. You own it or you have your hands on it. Under control of is the act or power of being controlled or influenced by something, under regulation, denomination, or command. You're being under the control of something or you only possess it. Let me help you with it. Some of you are like, I know where you go. and Good. Here's where I'm going. When you're born again, you get saved. Jesus comes through the Holy Spirit to possess you. You have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. Scripture says it is your deposit, guaranteeing your inheritance one day in heaven. Better known as fire insurance, I will not burn in hell. You have a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. But there is a big difference from being, from being possessed with the Holy Spirit than being under control of the Holy Spirit. Paul says at this rate, Ephesians 5, 17, 18. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. A lot of people want to know what God's will is. Good question. Here's a good answer. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. But here's his will. Here's what God's will is. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You wanna know what God's will for your life is? It is to be born again, to be saved, but it is to be filled daily with the Holy Spirit of God, to walk in the Holy Spirit of God, to keep in step with the Holy Spirit of God, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't care what kind of name you put on that name that you're comfortable with, but you better get in on it because if you're not under the control of the Holy Spirit, you're missing out missing out. We got a lot of people that have the Holy Spirit through salvation, but they don't have any, they're not under the control of the Holy Spirit and they're not walking it out. Let me say it like this. I had a gentleman come over to my table a couple of weeks ago at breakfast and he sat down by me. If I said his name, you'd know him. If I told you too much detail about this place you'd know that too. He's been asked by church to make something for this church because they're going to celebrate an anniversary coming up. He told me the story, will not tell you the story. And then he got ready to leave. He said this to me. I said, hey man, I hope that goes well. And I hope, you know, hope you enjoy being a part of that and everything. He says, Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I'm I'm glad they asked me. But he said, Jeff, you know what's funny? After all those years, they're really kind of the same. Then he walked off. Okay, I'm just sitting here, and I know it's about a church. We just had Pentecost a couple weeks ago. That was the Sunday after, the week after Pentecost. He said, you know, after all those years, they're really kind of still the same church. Okay, so he got up and left, and I'm like, I just felt the Spirit go, that should bother you. And I'm like, it does bother me. After all those years, they're really the same place. Let me ask you this. Think about when you were born again, when the day you say you met the Lord. Will they say that about you? If you've been, let's just say you've been saved for 25 years. You know, really, I'm really the same person. You know, really, they're really the same person. What? You're born again. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you. And the Holy Spirit and you are the same? Not in Bible. The blind man didn't meet Jesus and be born again and go, boom, dad, come. That's a tree. I thought I was going to miss those. Dad, come is another tree. This Jesus thing didn't work. I'm sorry, that Jesus thing does work. So I got to thinking while I'm sitting at the table, the gentleman just goes over there and sits down. So I got to thinking. There are three words in scripture. You can look them up. I'll give you a whole bunch of addresses in a second that reference the Holy Spirit in scripture. Three words. One of them is wind. (laughs) Some of you are sick of that right now all right? Wind. Let me read you some scripture on wind. John 3, 8, right after 3, 7 that we just read, the winds blow wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. Sound like the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why God picked that word. Acts 2, 2. Suddenly, A sound like a blowing, violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came down, boom, and it rocked the church and changed the church, little church, corporate church forever. It was the power from heaven in the form of God that landed, and it rocked it. You know, They're really kind of the same church after all those years. Hmm, I'm sorry. The wind, when it arrives, you know it. When it leaves, there's evidence that it's been there. Amen? Amen. Anybody around Tuesday afternoon? Got any evidence at your house? Did you see the pictures out of Oklahoma City? Five o'clock in the afternoon, Oklahoma City. Guess where all of our dirt ended up? Guess what came on? Streetlights. Our gift to Oklahoma City on Tuesday afternoon from the who? From the wind was dirt our situation that we found ourselves in caused evidence all around us and it floated over and was evident to the people in Oklahoma City when they looked outside they said oh my gosh what is all that in the air amarella <laughs> why because people in Oklahoma City saw what evidence of the wind you'll go to work tomorrow do the people that you blow by as the holy spirit blows in your life is the evidence in offices all around you is it in the break room because the conversation in the break room from you changes all the other conversations in the break room Uh-oh, getting quiet. Evidence. When the wind of Holy Spirit arrives, there's evidence. Nobody in the house doesn't know that the wind's not blowing. Many times we wonder if the house is still going to still be here. But when the wind leaves, what do we do? We go, go pick up the evidence of the wind, find it. I left one morning to go to Youngbloods for lunch, I mean for breakfast. It was dark. I got on I-40. People stopped, brake lights everywhere, pulling off to the side. I'm like, "What, is, what, what, what are we doing? It's the interstate. There ain't no brake lights on the interstates." I look up ahead. I'm like, "Well, those kids aren't going to jump on that trampoline today, because it's on I-40." That's a big old trampoline sitting out there on I-40, hung up in that middle. That's a little, uh, those cabling. Rest of it's over there on the, on the eastbound. Evidence of wind. You can't control wind. You can't control the Holy Spirit, so stop. Some of y'all want to get saved because the Holy Spirit living inside of you. I want the Holy Spirit to fill me and change me and rock my world. Okay, you better buckle up. Oh, no, 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 God, you can't do, you can't stay. I grew up bad, just stay right here. No, I'm about to rock your world. I'm going to take your trampoline that's in your yard, that you should have tied down. I'm going to put it on I-40. Next time, you'll tie it down. Evidence of the wind. Another, another word that, that, clarif- that, uh, that categorizes or that gives evidence of the Holy Spirit in the Scripture is water. John 14, 13 and 14, Jesus meets a woman at the well. She's there to draw natural water. Jesus walks up to her and says, hey, hey, I give you water. Never run dry. You never had to keep coming here, dropping that pail, cranking that iron, coming on up, hope there's water. I can give you a well that becomes in you a spring of living water. it will never run dry. You drank that living water? Is there evidence of living water? Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. My ways aren't your ways. That's what he says in 8 and 9, 10 and 11. He says this, my word sent by my Holy Spirit and empowered by my Holy Spirit will rain down like rain from heaven and it will grow everything it lands on. You say, Pastor, I've been saved for 25 years. You've grown a lot in 25 years? Yeah, I ain't grown that much. Well, you're in a drought? What's wrong? Is it raining? Your kids don't grow? Things grow, don't they? I've seen kids in bush, and they put miracle grow on their head and push them out in the rain. Them suckers grow six, eight inches a summer. Grow like a weed, man. Isaiah 44.3 says this, For I pour out water on the thirsty land and the streams of dry ground, and I will pour out my spirit on your offsprings and my blessing on your descendants. I will pour out my spirit pour out my spirit. I'm going to tell you, there are many, many places in the United States of America that water has come through and they have had to relocate everything around that body of water. The road that my grandfather and I drove down to go to the coast to fish, it's a different road today. Same name, just not located where it used to be. It used to be out here. Now it's up here. Why? Why? Because the road we drove on is in the Gulf of Mexico now. Because a hurricane came with the power of water and changed the whole course of that land. Water of the Holy Spirit will leave a mark. If you've ever been camping on what you thought was dry land in New Mexico and a rain came, and realized, honey, we ain't on no dry land. We in a stream. And our RV is about to take a ride. Ain't no boat, all right? Listen to me. Water does not ask your permission. It does not check in. It just moves and it changes everything. When the Holy Spirit of God flows through your church and your life, it'll change it. It'll change it. And it will not ask permission what it looks like. Many people have come to our church and when they have told Melissa and I what they see when they come to our church, many people tell us that they see the Holy Spirit like a river flowing in front of our church. It's kind of just the same place. How? Last word is this, fire. Mm. I don't think you need a definition of what fire leaves behind. Hebrews 12, 29, God says that he is a consuming fire. Fire. He is a consuming fire. Luke 24, 32, I love this. It says that the Holy Spirit is like a fire that is burning within us. Woo-hoo, that is burning within us. You ever met a cold believer? They're exciting, aren't they? Real, real fun. You ever met a believer that's born again and the Holy Spirit's burning inside of them? They got some giddy-up, don't they? You see, let's look at Mark Boyette. Mark over here on the cold side? I don't think so. Mark's over here like zero to 60 in 0.4 seconds. You want me to get excited? I can get excited. Why? That's the Holy Spirit burning inside of him, man. I mean, there are days in staff meetings we got to buckle him to his chair. He's about to take off, man. That dude gone. Why? Holy Spirit living in him, just just gushing out of him, gushing out of him. Is that you? The fire of the Holy Spirit just so on fire, you're just so on fire for the Lord because the Holy Spirit's just burning inside of you. Malachi 3.3 says this, God refers to himself through fire as the refiner or the purifier. You know what the Holy Spirit's doing? One of its roles is to purify us, to burn away anything that shouldn't be there, to burn us away, man, to burn that junk in our life, to burn those, 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 those edges that we have, those, those sharp edges that we have, that he purifies us. And we think, oh, we're good, God. And God's like, yeah, you're not bad. We're gonna go back in the fire. You're like, no, I'm good, I'm good. No, let me see. Uh, that's not bad, you're looking pretty good. Let's go back in there. Purifies us. We know a little bit about fire out here, don't we? Fire has scorched a lot of panhandle land. Hopefully, you've not experienced fire personally in your home or anything. But when fire falls, it burns, it leaves a mark. I wonder today does the Holy Spirit's fire in your life leave marks? You may have been somewhere else and be relocated to this area. Now that you occupy this area, is the fire that used to burn there still visible? You might say, well, I don't even know if we left a mark like a burn spot over there. Why not? The Holy Spirit of God will leave his mark on your life. The gentleman said, There's not much changed about this church except the year model of the automobile that pulls up today and the fashion of clothes that walk in the door. Wow. That broke my heart. I pray that when you talk about a church that's been sent by God, the power of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, that that church looks different every single week. Every time it meets in the name of Jesus, that God does such a new thing and he moves by wind and water and fire, that its mark is made and that it's never the same week to week. That you can't look back over years and say, it's really just the same place, just a different kind of car and a different kind of style that walks in. That's not a good testimony about a church. It's not a good testimony about a little church. As the Holy Spirit of God, as its wind blows through your life, is the wind producing change, water producing change, fire producing change in your personal life? Because why? because you're keeping in step with, you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. I started off by asking this. Does Jesus know your name? Are you born again? Is there evidence to support that claim? Fire, water, wind is evidence of the Holy Spirit's presence. All three of those is undoubtedly evidence that they've been there. How about you? How about you? How about us as a church? How about you as a little church? I'm gonna ask you to stand, church. If you're on the ministry team, I'm gonna ask you to come up. We're gonna do ministry a little bit different. We're gonna leave the middle open. You say, well, there's nobody here for me to talk to. Yeah, there is. His name is God, all right? This is the altar of the Lord. And if you wanna just talk to God, this is you, this is God, you come to the altar, you meet with God. If you need someone to pray over you, to agree with you about anything, they will be flanked to the left or the right, Okay. I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to see if you're bold enough to do this. I believe there is an individual or individuals in this room that would simply say, Pastor, I haven't moved from the beginning of the message because I am the blind man. Oh, yeah, I go to church, I even tithe. I do all the things that looks like I'm a Christian, but I have no relationship with the Lord, none. And as I sit through the message, I know that that I don't, he doesn't know my name. He doesn't know my name. And you would have guts enough, whether you're here in house or or family online, if you were just sitting in your house to say, with with a hand raised, that's me. I don't know him. I, I, don't know, I don't know the Lord, and I, I don't know the Lord. I'm going to give you an opportunity today, if that is you, to pray and receive Christ. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head, every head bowed in here. If you need to meet the Lord today, whether you're online, in your home, or in a car, or you're here in the house, that you would say this simple prayer, God, I'm a sinner. I thank you that you went to the cross for me because you went to the cross and took my place. And I admit that I am a sinner. But I want you to save me by grace, God. And I call on the name of Jesus right now. And I ask you to come inside of me and save me and make me new. I want to be born again. And I confess with my mouth and believe of my heart that Jesus Christ is the Lord. God, save me, make me new. And my testimony from my mouth is that every day for the rest of my life, I will love you and serve you and tell of you, thank you for saving me. Thank you for making me new. Thank you for giving me new life. I love you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer either in this house or online, let us know. If you need prayer for anything, that's what they're here for. If you just want to come to the altar and say, God, I've been saved a long time, and that's the problem. I want the Holy Spirit to come inside of me. I want to be under the control of the Holy Spirit so it leaves its mark wherever I go. I want my life to look like wind and water and fire because the Holy Spirit's moving through me. I want more of you. You come this morning if you need to come as we
0: worship. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the church at Bushland and on Twitter by using @tcabushland